Hello and welcome back to The Narrow Gate. This is Orla here. It's episode six of The Narrow Gate. And I'm looking forward to talking to you today about a new topic. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? Um, I will be interviewing more people as we go forward, but uh, we are arranging timetables and logistics of um, good meeting times. So um, I will do that when we have more time. So today I want to look at what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ? I wrote on the title there, Jesus said, come follow me. You will know that in the Bible, Jesus often says, come follow me, not once or twice, but quite a few times you will hear him say, come follow me. And it's the very direct um, approach. And any Christians here listening today will know that that is something that Jesus often says. And um, I like it personally. I think it's very direct. Come follow me. It's also not aggressive. It's, um, it's an invitation. It's quite a gentle invitation. Um, so I'm just going to look at that today in a little bit more detail. Um, because as I said, he says it quite often. But you will see when he first called his first two disciples. Um, in Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says, Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So for anyone who's not a Christian and doesn't understand that, fishers of men, what does that mean? Um, Jesus always spoke in parables to make things simpler uh, for teaching people. Um, but this wasn't the, this was just a simple word. He was walking by and his disciples were in the boat and he just said um, they were fishermen. And they were in the boat fishing at the time. And they say, he said, walked by and said, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You can read it yourself. I will add that scripture because I don't want to go into detail of each, each part that I'm talking about. But um, so they just dropped their nets and left and followed him. What he meant by fishers of men is um, that they would find people who were lost and teach them about the kingdom of God, which is fishing for men's souls, which is really what I'm doing here, if you want to put it in modern day terms. I am fishing for men so and women for the souls of men and women because people are lost. And that is the goal of the Christian. We don't just get saved to live a happy, woohoo, I'm great, everything's wonderful now, look at me, I'm great. It might start that way for the new Christian. God is very gentle with new believers. But as we go on and as we mature, we soon realize that it isn't all about us. Never was all about us, but at least we grow mature enough to realize that um, it isn't about us. And actually, our life is not about us, and it never was to begin with. So um, when we come to mature into maturity as Christians, we realize that we, our lives are not our own. And although that sounds like slavery to some people, it's actually freedom. Because one way or another, we are always slaves to something. And so we can be a slave to sin, a slave to addiction, many things. And it actually says in the Bible that you will become a slave to God. So um, that sounds strange too. So there is no ultimate freedom that from anything. You will have to give your life to something. So the choices, give your life to God and be free from sin. 
or give your life to sin and be in bondage. So that's, you know, that is the gospel. So moving on, so why follow? You know, why follow Jesus? I know a lot of people who I'm engaging with online and people I meet at work and home, everything, you know, all my life that maybe have grown up in a Christian family, Catholic family, and maybe Pentecostal, I don't know, Methodist, anything, all Christians. And they can be quite laxy-daisy about saying, yeah, I'm a Christian. But you can look at their life and there's no evidence of any change. They may be uh, lying, cheating, controlling, manipulating, addicted to drugs, alcohol, workaholics, abusive, really, and that they can call themselves Christians. So um, that's not what Jesus calls, um, you know, that's not what he calls us for. Like that's nothing. That's that's being the same <laughs> as you always were. So I really haven't got a lot of time for people who label themselves as Christians because nor does Jesus who label themselves Christians and give a bad name to God. Because that's not true. And Jesus will say, I will spew you out of my mouth if you are a lukewarm Christian believer. He won't say the word Christian. So if you are lukewarm, Jesus doesn't have any time for you. So you're either on fire or you're not at all. He doesn't like us sitting on the fence. And who actually likes anybody sitting on the fence anyway? Have you ever met someone who can't make a decision? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, do you want to go for something to eat? Uh, well, I don't know. What do you think? I can't think. Um, it's a kind of a two-way, you know, where minds are not set. So this is why God says, come, follow me. We have to make a decision. We have to think about it. And I don't know why adults sometimes think that it's all totally magical stuff. And, and then they start complaining when they see no change in their life. Oh, God, God, God did this and God did that. And it's all God's fault. And they blame God for everything. And it's really themselves. So we really need to mature and know that sometimes we're just making excuses. We just don't want to change. We want to blame God and live in sin. So to follow God is growing up basically so I have a list here of some things so why in simple terms well simple terms would be that you're going to live a good honest life under the guidance of God you will have a better life of course the difference um, the problem here is that oh great I'll have a better life if I follow Jesus I'll be rich and I'll have loads of money and I'll, I'll have whatever I like well, not really. That's not what God means by better. So this is where the problem is. God's thinking and our thinking are completely different. So your desires and God's desires are probably quite different if you are um, only new to Christian life. And even for people like me following God for years, we still go, Oh, better life. What's a better life? Loads of money. <laughs> it's everything. That's our world. That's our society. But God doesn't mean that. A better life is a better spiritual life. It's about peace. It's about love. It's about better relationships. It's about having order in your life. 
discipline, good relationships, healthy relationships, purpose and meaning. And that doesn't come about overnight. That is a journey. That really is a journey. It takes a long time. So we need to be healed. We need to be transformed. And that is the journey when God says, or Jesus says, come follow me. He means to be transformed. Your life, everything. How does he do it? You are transformed through your thinking. It says, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will know the will of God. And that's not the full scripture, but I keep repeating that scripture all the time. So I will add that to the newsletter as well. So following, what else does following mean? Following means studying the Bible. You have to study it. I mean, if you don't know what, uh, some people think, oh, follow Jesus and just close my eyes and then everything will change and he'll tell me everything. Well, God respects your intelligence. And um, the Bible is for everybody. You don't have to have a master's or a degree. It's for everybody. There's so many, uh, there's so many versions of the Bible nowadays to make it easy to digest. You don't have to read, you know, King James version of the Bible. You can find lovely um, versions of the Bible. Uh, and if you want to ask, just ask me in the comments below. I can give you a very simple one. New International Version is a good Bible to read. New Living, Trans Living Translation is a good Bible to read. So if you don't like heavy old, old English. So, um, so there are just excuses. So let's get rid of the excuses. So um, what else can you learn? You can learn the difference between good and evil. Some people are like, oh, I know the difference between good and evil. How do you know? You know from your childhood because your mother told you? How do you know? We don't know. Look at today. The Bible will tell us that we will get more and more confused in these later years, later, the end of the age. People start confusing what we once thought was evil. People are now changing it. Well, we would say people, but it's really spiritual. Darkness. They're convincing people that was and is evil, that it's okay. And I don't want to go into it because I, would, I could be attacked all over the place if I start condemning people what they think is normal nowadays. So all I do is introduce you to the Bible and say, come read the Bible for yourself and ask yourself, Am I living a pure life? Because I'm not here to condemn. And actually Jesus didn't come to condemn anyone either. He came to save you. So we need to get rid of that ignorance of, oh, the Christian church is condemning everybody and they're just telling us, oh, we're all going to hell, so I'm not going to listen. And then you have the opposite side in the churches say, okay, okay, let's not talk about that because people won't come to church. So let's move to the other end of the spectrum and tell them that God is love and everything is great and they can do what they like. Well, that's totally a lie also. So we need to wake up and start maturing and uh, tell people the truth that there is heaven and hell. And I'm very much into hearing that, but I don't hear it a lot in the churches. People need to know um, the truth. And if you can't get it in a church, just read your Bible. You'll get it there. Um, okay, so it's about maturity, maturing as human beings. 
to love properly. That's something I am learning as I am journey on. And I get tired, I will admit. I get weary listening to some of the things I hear about love and some of the articles people write about love. It, it makes me weary because it's so far from the truth. It's not God at all. It's just sort of self, you know. Oh, I love this person. That person loves me. We are great. And so, and yet there's no outreach. They don't reach out to others. They're just self-absorbed. So there's so much of that self-absorption. So um, this is why Jesus says, come follow me and deny yourself. Take up your cross and deny yourself. This is the part that people don't like, but this is the real, this is the real work of the cross. I'm just scrolling down here. It's in the newsletter. I've written it already. I'm going to read this scripture to you. It's from Mark 8, 34 to 38. So basically, the way of the cross is the death of the old self. Okay? That old self that is egotistical and thinks that love is whatever they think it is. God is love. And um, when we die to that old we know it. There's lots of articles talking about it. They call it the ego. Egotistical self. Selfish person. The selfish. You know, the like the two-year-old child. Yeah, that two-year-old child remains in us if we don't do something about it. But, so we need to grow up. And the Bible will tell you about maturing all the time. We have to mature. Can't stay like children forever. So this scripture says... Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel, I will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what could anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. So this is for believers, you know. If you deny Christ, then he will deny you. So we have to commit we have to commit to this journey. Once we start on the journey, of course, if you don't know anything about God and you're listening to this, you are not going to be condemned. I'm talking about Christians who understand the message and they're just not obeying, they're not following, they're not living a Christian life. That's They just need to look at that for themselves. If they really call themselves believers, and I want the narrow gate to be for believers, people who already know some element of what it means to be a Christian. If you never heard of the gospel, and many people haven't, well then, this might not sound, this not may not make sense to you, not a lot. Anyway, so, um, so what do we have to heal? So to follow God, you will be taken on a journey of healing, okay? Jesus doesn't spell it out the way we are. I am spelling it out now. It's because the Bible is so deep and um, we've so much to learn in it that we don't understand fully, even me and many more above me even, who have learned, studied for years. There's a lot in it. 
but uh, in a nutshell for us we have to heal our emotions we have to heal our bodies our minds and our spirit I'm saying we have to I'm not saying we can do it alone we can't we have to means we have to participate in the process of healing means we have to work with God and ask for healing Lord please heal me show me what needs healing what's wrong with me I'm having difficulties whatever I'm having a struggle with my whatever my partner my wife or something like that so you have to you have to present your problem to God basically if you're married or if you're at work and your boss is giving you problems or just something in you that you cannot deal with you need to bring it to God in prayer and he will heal you how will he heal you many different ways through prayer studying of the word um, but you have to obey obey sometimes you some Christians think that absolutely everything has to be done within the church and that's a little limiting you know there are many books you can read that were going to heal you many workshops i've been to many workshops they're not all christian uh you can go to a doctor and go to a psychologist if you want i'm not saying that they're going to ultimately bring you to god but they are part of the process god is going god sent me to the, some of the most amazing <laughs> workshops um, over the years some christians some not and um, they're all part of the process gave me a book that um, led me further on the journey god will use what's what will bring you closer to him and says uh, you know to the pure all things are pure you know if you're genuinely seeking god you have discernment yeah you know so I'm not a black and white in my thinking. I have discernment. If I had an issue and I want to find a workshop that might help me or someone that might help me, I will go and meet that person. If I feel that that person's spirit is not quite right with me, I won't go there. But if they are, if I have peace, I will go. It doesn't mean that they're even born again, but they could take me to the next stage of the journey. So open your eyes and use what's available. Like I've even used these platforms. And I don't like online work. I'll tell, I, I think I tell everybody that. Uh, but it's, it's helped me. I've met many people here on Substack and um, Medium. Writers and poets who are inspiring me. So open your mind and open your heart. But pray for wisdom and discernment and you will be given it. Then healing our bodies. Yeah, our bodies. We all have it. We have exhaustion, tiredness, cancer, mental illness. Oh, so many illnesses that people have. Pray about that. Our minds, obviously, our thinking is really, really important. So you have to study the Bible and your mind will change. And our spirit. We have to. You can only get a new spirit by asking God for a new spirit. You cannot create a new spirit in yourself. There is a supernatural side to the Christian walk, obviously. and um, But there's also the kind of mundane, ordinary things that one has to do to get better, but not with the spirit. You cannot change your own spirit. So 
You ask God for a new spirit. Give me a new spirit, Lord. I want a new spirit. Transform me. How do you do that? Well, you have to repent because you have to repent for the old sin. Even if you call yourself a Christian, you need to look into your heart and say, am I really saved though? Okay, maybe I go to church sometimes or mass or whatever. But are you actually saved? And do you know what that means? I will add an article at the end here about what it means to be transformed and to be born again, which means salvation. You can read the article and ask yourself, am I saved? Oh my, you know, a lot of people say, oh dear, I'm 10 years at this, 20 years, but I don't know if I'm saved. You see, there is that problem and we need to get to the root of it. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me, I'll heal you. Come follow me and I'll change your life. So has that happened to you? Has anything changed? We have to be really um, honest with ourselves. I'll give you some examples, okay, to sort of as a checklist for anybody, for all of us. So, okay, what if I decide not to follow? Okay, so what happens? Things manifest in our life when we don't follow God. We have the... Um, Different things such as, okay, uh, you might have you might have a problem with lying. Maybe it's a bad habit that you picked up as a child and you still do it. Or maybe your parents were always telling lies and you just copied them. And you never thought of it as a problem. Telling lies is not from God. Cheating, manipulating to get your own way, that's sin. Sin and manipulation has actually been referred to as witchcraft. And when I heard that, I was not surprised because it's actually tricking a person into doing something for you that they had no intention of ever doing. Over-controlling these kind of compulsive um, behaviors, addictions, avoiding, denying, you know, denying is a big one, denying alcoholism, denying workaholism, denying your broken relationships, denying if you're hurting someone, denying if you're cheating then it could manifest in anger, aggressive behavior, passive-aggressive. A lot of passive-aggressive people in the world I've noticed as I've been traveling. Um, bitterness, judgment, judging others, abusing others. Then you have the other side of the spectrum, which is people-pleasing, people who are fearful. I had that problem, actually. Uh, I was fearful of other people's anger, so I would have been people-pleasing. Well, that's not following Jesus either. Hating people, unforgiveness, being critical, over-responsible, blaming others, worry. Worry is coming up a lot lately. People I'm talking to, everyone's worried about this and worried about that. And God tells us, do not worry, do not be afraid, have no fear. I am with you always. So all those things, can you imagine? A lot of us have had them, and by following Jesus, they will go little by little. And we do have some stubborn sin that doesn't go away, but it does eventually if we persist in prayer and ask the Lord to guide us and lead us. And some of these things, if they're not dealt with, 
um, they can lead to relationship problems naturally. Any of those things would lead to problems in your relationships. Many people are married today and I've heard them. They talk to me. And what they are calling a relationship, just I don't know how they sleep at night. You know, so if you're in a relationship that's unhealthy, you can ask God to guide you into how to deal with the situation and to improve your relationship. Um, financial problems is another area. Uh, for some reason, kind of the mentality we have, we can have a feelings of unworthiness, lack, um, just this disorder in our life, chaotic ways of living, irresponsible. Um, that can lead to financial problems. And then, of course, uh, the big denial issue that I was talking about earlier is um, it leads to addictions. And some addictions are very kind of not only hurting yourself, but you're actually hurting other people if you are addicted to things. And also the darker side of it is, for example, some of the addictions I'm talking about are alcoholism, drug addiction, work addiction, relationship addiction, and pornography and sex addiction. Because um, pornography and sex addiction is actually, um, when you're feeding that trade, you're feeding that darkness. There would be no need for these awful, disgusting images uh, if people weren't using them. So think of the people that are being oppressed, violated for those industries to continue. That's why I'm talking about maturity. We have to mature. Selfish people satisfying this, their own nature selfish nature without thinking of the consequences of who is being hurt by that children women and men so as i said we have to mature following jesus is not easy so people are not following jesus because they don't want to change they, they like their sin i'm always saying that because it's true um so so that is how we do it. We die to the self. And the Bible would teach us how to do it. And we don't do it in one day. And we So that so it's a daily walk with Jesus. And uh, little by little, we will be shown the areas that we need to deal with. Some of us are, you know, it's mild. Sometimes, uh, sometimes people are living very good lives and they can't find anything. But the Holy Spirit will show them, you know. And it's only to make you more pure and to heal you. So to finish, um, the outward reason of the journey is that, uh, okay, we will heal, we will have better relationships, but the ultimate purpose is that we give glory to God with our lives. And that through, uh, if you follow God and you become transformed into the image and likeness of God, that you will be like Jesus. That's the ultimate goal. And then that would draw people into the kingdom of God because it's very attractive to be like that, but um, we need more people basically to follow God. Okay, so there's many benefits of following God and you will, uh, you will start to um, produce fruit in your life. 
you will have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, so the Holy Spirit, as I said, you cannot do this yourself. You cannot change yourself. And the evidence of a person who is born again will produce this fruit in their life. And when you see this fruit in a person's life, you can be sure that they're walking with God. Because sometimes we have false prophets and we have to watch out for these people who are acting as Christians and they are not. And they can be very dangerous. So the best way, Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. So the fruit of a born-again believer who is walking in the presence of God, abiding in God, living a prayerful life, you will see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So... Um, so in my opinion, I don't know why everybody doesn't follow God, but, but as I say, people are lost and that's why I am writing and doing podcasts to get people to reflect on the journey, to get people to reflect about their own lives. And that spirit is in all of us. God has designed us to desire to follow him. But we are clouded by so much darkness and temptation. So that's the problem. Um, the temptation of the world is drawing everybody and more and more and more for money, you know. And um, money is a big problem. I'm noticing more and more every day. People think money is the answer and um, it isn't the answer. So um, I leave it at that today and uh, thank you for listening. And I will be sharing with them. I won't say who my guest is because it all depends on timetables of who I'm going to interview next because I have to shift things around because people are busy, obviously. A lot of people I've asked are working and uh, some people are traveling. So I will be interviewing people in, in the coming podcasts. I hope this has helped you. If you have any questions, please ask me in the comments below. Um, and I will be back again next week. Have a blessed week and thank you for listening.